1: And so we have to choose to miss out on those obligations that we're saying yes to out of guilt. We have to choose to say no, that we're not going to do all the things because all the things means we're not doing really anything our best. We have to choose to miss out on those so that we can find the joy because I can promise you right now, there is happiness and joy in your life just as it is today.
0: You're listening to The Mindful Mama Podcast, Episode 214, Today, we're talking about the joy of missing out with Tanya Dalton. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Field's Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years, I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting membership, and I'm the author of Raising Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the podcast, dear friend. I am so glad to be in your ears. What crazy times we are living in these days. And and of course, a brand new warm welcome to you if you are new. In just a moment, I am going to be sitting down with Tanya Dalton, author of The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less, and we recorded this interview before the whole coronavirus uh, epidemic, so it I thought it would be nice to run this interview anyway because we can look at it in a new light, right? We're kind of all doing less anyway now. Um, Or we might be doing more if we're homeschooling our kids and working from home, but probably we're not running around to all the activities that we were before. So, you know, I invite you to look at this, listen to this with new eyes, and maybe it'll help us. I'm hoping that maybe it'll help us, you know, focus and appreciate if we have the time right now to focus on what matters most to appreciate that we have this time. So uh, some takeaways I would like you to listen for is that, you know, life doesn't always have to be busy. And she also says that we don't, we actually don't want balance. So I invite you to check that one out and listen to this. And then also just because you have the time doesn't mean you have to take it on. So this is a podcast about simplifying and clarifying And I hope that it is really valuable to you. And I want to let you know that I put out some resources. I was thinking, what do we need most in this time? So I have put out the, if you haven't listened already, on this podcast feed for free, you can engage in the daily dose. And um, uh, for every weekday through the end of March, I have been doing a five-minute guided meditation with a small bit of inspiration to help you uh, make your day a little bit more mindful, help you focus on the here and the now and what's important. So I hope that you are enjoying that. And if you know someone who could, that could help somebody who's struggling, invite them to try it. It takes just a few minutes and it can be, make a real difference in our day to give ourselves some time to sit quietly to sit in meditation, to stop trying to do and fix and plan and to allow ourselves this a little bit of uh, mental grounding, centering and calm. And so as we practice that, we will be able to give it out more. It's not going to help us to try to have our brains trying to figure out all the problems of the world. So that's the daily dose. It's free on this podcast feed. So I hope you're enjoying it. I invite you to share it with people so that they can enjoy it too. I also want to let you know of other free resources that I have on mindfulmamamentor.com. Um, I have a resources page. And on that page, you can sign up for my weekly loving kindness le- uh, letter. You can There's a link to join the Mindful Mama Facebook tribe, which is a great connected community. There um, are some blog posts, including the Mindful Mama manifesto. There's also, you can sign up for the Mindful Mama audio guide. It's about how to create and sustain your own mindfulness practice so you can be more present with your child. Uh, And I also have even a free little mini course uh, called Five Simple Things You Can Do to be less irritable with your child. I have more free mindfulness practices, and I even have some free yoga practices there there uh, you'll see me out in my garden in the springtime so you can check it out and do some yoga at home if your local yoga studio is closed so that's those are some of the resources that i have available for you Um, i want to be able to help you get through this time so i invite you to check that out if you would like to work with me more deeply and longer I am, will be opening up my small group coaching, Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching. It's just for six women or less. It's a high-level group coaching. It will be starting up soon. And if you are interested in that, it's a really healing, healing space. And it's really about dedicating this time to make the transformations that you have been wanting to make with the accountability and the support and all the resources that you need to do that. And working with me personally, and if you're interested in that, you can go to MindfulMamaMentor.com groupcoaching group coaching. That's MindfulMamaMentor.com groupcoaching group coaching. Okay, that's a lot of resources. You got all that? <laughs> all right, I'm sure you want to hear this episode, but I just want to say uh, before we dive in that I am thinking about you. I'm hoping that you're well. I am hoping that you're able to find some calm and peace in these days. Okay, now on to this episode with Tanya Dalton. Tanya, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am glad you're here. And I love, first of all, I love the title of your book, The Joy of Missing Out. So funny, Jomo. And, Mm -hmm. and, I really like the like first question you start chapter one with because you say you you start you start chapter one with the question of what did you do today? And I think it's such an (laughs) interesting question Mm -hmm. because, you know, how we live our days is how we live our lives. And you kind of describe how this threw you into this like into this like kind of quagmire yep. thinking and, and, and helped you sort of wake up from things. So can you tell us a little bit about true. that, Tanya?
1: Well, it's this idea too, that my, you know, my husband would say to me just over dinner, like, Oh, what'd you do today? And it's a very innocent question. He's genuinely interested. And yet somehow it would like kind of put my, my hackles up. Like, well, what did I do? Like I felt like I needed to justify anything and everything that I was doing and really when I would go through the laundry list of things that I would do. Well, first of all, sometimes there's like nothing in my mind. Like I'm like, what did I do today? I can't think of a single thing, which is so frustrating when you're busy all day long. Right. Tell us where you
0: were in your life. Sorry. When you were, when you answered this question too, because that makes a big difference too. Sorry.
1: Definitely. So at the time my kids were really little you know, I mean, small enough where I'm like still cutting up their food. Like, you know, I started my first business with my, with little kids playing at my feet and I was just starting out my business and, and getting it off the ground. My, my very first business that I ever started. And so, you know, I was doing all these dual roles that we moms tend to play where I'm, you know, I'm the, you know, the taxi driver <laughs> doing all the things, organizing the play groups, running the house, doing the laundry, starting up a business, trying to be a good wife and doing all those things. And I was running around doing a thousand different things. But whenever my husband would ask me that question, I either could think of absolutely nothing, you know, and I would feel just about two inches tall. Or I could only think of the things I had done wrong. Well, I didn't do this. I didn't sign up Jack for art class. I forgot to go to the post office. I I didn't do this. And my husband looked at me when I was going through this list of just on and on of things that I didn't do. And he said, wow, you know, what did you do today? I mean, this must have been a terrible day. And I was like, well, hold on, because I was busy all day long. I'd run around doing a thousand different things. And yet it was really hard for me to really see the good in what I had accomplished And I think that is not uncommon for women to experience this idea of, I didn't do enough. You know, we're checking a thousand things off of our to-do list, slipping into bed at night thinking, oh, I didn't get enough done, right? We feel unsatisfied. We feel like we didn't do enough. We feel like we are not enough. And we wonder, what what did I do all day that I'm I'm exhausted, (laughs) I'm worn out, and I'm sliding into bed because I'm so tired, but I don't feel like I accomplished anything. And for me, it was this whole realization that the reason why I couldn't think of the things I had done or the reason why I felt exhausted but and that I'd been busy but wasn't feeling satisfied was the, the fact that I wasn't doing the things that were truly important, the things that were really driving me towards that life I want, this ideal life, doing things that are important to me. Instead, I was so busy checking all these like little nitpicky things off my list that weren't giving me any of that satisfaction. And so I really had to shift the way that I look at not only my life, but how I, how I, you know, organize myself because, you know, I had to learn that I had choices. And I think that's a a really big underlying theme of the entire book is this idea that we do have choices. We feel so often that, you know, this is just how life is like life is busy. Life is exhausting and it doesn't have to be that way. Life doesn't have to be busy. We can stop answering that question of how are you? with the word busy. We can use other words. We can say happy. We can say sad. We can say excited. We can say disappointed. We can say, you know, exhilarated. There's a thousand ways we can answer that question without it being busy. But we feel that if we are not busy, we're somehow failing because we think we are supposed to cram our day full. That if we're not constantly in the state of motion, that we're not really doing enough. And yet we don't really know what enough is do we? We're always like, what is enough? So Mm -hmm. for me, it really was this whole mindset shift of realizing, first of all, that it's not about being busy. It's really about doing what's most important, which is really how I started defining productivity. And what we talk about in the book, that productivity is not about doing more. It's doing what's most important. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that means clearing through the clutter and the noise in our life, the busyness, and really honing in on what are the things that really do drive happiness for me, happiness for my family, happiness for, for life in general. And I think that when I started to make that shift and I made that realization, everything began to click into place. Life became so much easier for me at home. It became easier for me at work, you know, growing a business and doing, doing, you know, all that that entails, which is a lot on top of motherhood. And so really it was this idea too, with the book that I wanted to have women understand that you do have choices. You do have the ability to choose the rhythm of your day. That's what I like to call my day, the rhythm of my day.
0: As parents, we know that there are so many things in life that we have to compromise on. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that doctor that doesn't really listen to you. Instead, check out ZocDoc. This is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there's no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you actually know about. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash mindful and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mindful. ZocDoc.com slash mindful. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. I love that. I uh, I I just took a nap right before. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I'm I'm uh I'm happy mm-hmm. to hear you say that. Uh, now would you say you have a Now I just released a book and you have released a book and I know that I did a bazillion <laughs> podcasts yes, with, yes. mm-hmm. with, with your book out coming out. I do you feel busy right now.
2: I'm just well, curious, like
0: a- what, what yeah. like contrast that kind of like with right now, like what is, mm-hmm. what's, what's the reality on the ground right now?
1: Yeah, I love that question because people say that to me. They're like, well, well, I see you doing all these things right now. And I said, you know, I like to tell people I'm choosing that. I've made a choice. It's this whole idea, uh, too, that we go into with the book with this idea of balance. It's not about balance. There is no balance. Let's stop chasing balance. In fact, we don't want balance. We think we want all things perfectly, even and equal. But if they are, we're not leaning into any priorities. We're not really giving the priorities that we want to have in our life. The ability to grow and flourish. So for me, this is a season of my life where I am leaning into work and I am doing more for work. And then, to be honest with you, right around now, this is about my my cutoff time because the book came out several months ago. I decided I was going to lean into work and I was going to do a lot to promote this book. I was going to do a lot of podcasts. I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of media and TV shows and things like that. And now it's time for me to counterbalance. It's time for me to lean back. And now my family. Is going to be getting more of me than they've had. But here's the thing I made that choice. And so, because I was making that choice, I prepared ahead of time and I prepared for what the aftermath was going to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, before the book launched, I very purposely poured myself more into my family, creating systems so that things could operate with me being out of town more than I normally was. You know, whether that was creating freezer meals and making sure that my kids really understood what chores need to have, you know, need to be going on and giving them more autonomy, which is really to their benefit. And then, then we went through this kind of crazy season, we'll call it. And then now we're getting to the aftermath and it's like, okay, this is now the time that I'm now leaning out of work so much and leaning more into my family. So my husband and I were getting ready to go away on a white space vacation which is where we absolutely unplug completely 100%. We go on vacation. We pack nothing but bathing suits and books. My team at work does not call me. They do not email me. They do not contact me. It is truly a time for me to fully disconnect. I'll give that time to my husband. I'm going to have some time with my kids. I'm going to lean into this compartment for a while. And that's what I'm choosing to do. And then I'll counterbalance and I'll lean into another area of my life in the next season. And so it's this constant ebbing and flowing. We, we think that because we're supposed to be balanced, that everything always has to be even and equal, that if we are traveling a lot or, you know, life is a little bit crazy and, you know, we're volunteering a lot or we're working a lot that, that, you know, life is out of whack and it doesn't have to be. It's this series of leaning and counterbalancing and then leaning again and counterbalancing. Mm -hmm. And that's really what gives us the grace and the ability to have life run, right? For us to be able to grow our businesses or grow our families or grow whatever it is you're wanting to do your passion project write your book do those things that really matter to you.
0: Yeah, I love this idea of seasons cuz that's exactly how I thought of it. It was like, okay, this is a season where uh, I do <laughs> three podcasts a week. Like this yes. is what this is, you know, and um and it's full right now and it is a little ironic that I'm talking about slowing down to people, it but is. you know, this is <laughs> this is a season of 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 what uh, what comes out of there, I and mean, you know, I love what you're saying, Tanya, about like we we need to realize that we have choices. That you know, and this is something that I talk about with my clients, and this idea that like we need to we we need to have like an idea of what we want, right? Like, what is the vision that we're going for, so that when we have choice points, we can make choices towards that vision. And and I think what you talk about very clearly in here is this idea that. um that we don't, a lot of people just don't think we have choices. Like we go yes. with the flow of what our society tells us. And especially as mm. women, we're told we have to do all the things and do them perfectly and all that stuff. And that le- leaves people really, really unhappy. Like if you're just kind it of does. going with the flow of what our society tells you to do, you're really, really unhappy. And you, and, and they're, we we have to and remind our, each other lovingly that like we have these choices, we we have these things, and you really talk really beautifully about the stories we tell tell ourselves. And and as a mindfulness coach and teacher, I talk about the stories that are that we tell ourselves, and and these are things that we kind of instinctively we just believe them. We don't stop to question them. But you talk right. really beautifully about. Um, Someone who you you worked with on, pa- Rhonda, who uh, was trying to get out the door and, and she had this belief, right? That like, uh, you know, a good mom is like there every morning to get her kids out the door. And right. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and what, how, how we can start to like kind of push back against these things and, and reframe them
1: for ourselves? Yes. I love this question because we do tell these stories and we don't question the stories they're just this is just how it is a good mom always does what you know what is what is the end of that sentence or good mom never
0: always peace really makes me angry
1: (laughs) i know i know This, this is the thing is these stories are written in these absolutes which are make it so impossible to ever live up to a good mom never hires a babysitter just to give herself time to nap you know, that's that, There's one right there, or a good I'm mom. Rolling my
0: eyes here, uh, dear. Yeah, right,
1: <laughs> I know, but it's true. And I hear this from these women that I work with. They're like, "Oh, I could never do that," and I'm like, "Hold on, be careful of these absolutes, these nevers and always." I could never, never do that because why? Be- well, because a good mom is home after school, or a good mom never does this, or a good friend always does that. It's really hard to live up to that. And so with Rhonda, she she loved yoga. Like yoga was this thing that just lit a fire in her soul. Like it made her so incredibly happy, and yet she wasn't going. And when I asked Rhonda, you know, why are you not going to yoga if it if it lights you up, if it gets you so excited? And she's like, well, I can't, there's no way I can't, I can't go before I go to work. There's just, you know, no, no way I could do that. And I said, you know, why is that? She goes, well, I need to be home with my kids. I need to make their lunches. I need to. And I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. right, Right. What's the story you're telling yourself here? And really that story was a good mom is home to take care of their kids, to get them out the door, to set their day up for success. And so when we dig into it, you know, we go through this in the book and I start asking her questions and we start, you know, knocking these roadblocks down. Well, you know, do you have to make lunches? She's like, well, no, my kids could make lunches. I'm like, that's right. Your kids have the ability to make lunches. And, and that's we talked good about- for them to do. So they yeah. lo- have life skills at the exactly. end when you're done parenting them. I mean, don't we want to raise independent children? That's our whole goal right there. So right there, gold star, have your kids make their lunches. So we talked about how, how can we make that happen, right? And then we dig into like, you know, do you, do you need to set out your kids' clothes? You know, could you set it out the night before? And she's like, oh, my kids dress themselves. So here's the thing that's interesting is she already knows her kids are capable of making lunches. she already knows they're capable of putting on their own clothes. So why was it she was feeling she needed to be there? And when we dug even further into it, we, we, I discovered that her kids all, also had a driver's license, so they had the ability to drive themselves to school, right? And so it was this idea of hold on, if your kids can make their own lunches, if they can, you know, put put their clothes on by themselves, which if they have a driver's license, for goodness sake, I hope they can. (laughs) I hope (laughs) (laughs) so. And then they could drive themselves to school. Now, I'm not saying you need to go to yoga five days a week, but could you go twice a week? Could you start with one day a week and ramp that up? That's a choice, you know, that you can make here. And so, you know, there's this idea of we don't feel like we have a choice because this is what a good mom does. When we use a little bit of what I call squirrel strategy, kind of taking ourselves out of the situation, looking at it from different angles, just like a squirrel looks at a bird feeder, we can find different solutions here. Like if Rhonda's kids were not old enough to drive themselves to school Maybe you could trade off with your, your significant other, or you could carpool with other moms in the neighborhood, or, you know, could they have a walking group if they're old enough, you know, upper elementary school and so on. But the point is like the belief
0: holds us back, right? It's like, we don't, we don't stop to think about like, and be creative and problem solve all these different areas because it's just this with the story, the story. We're we're too busy telling
1: that story that we can't see the solutions beyond it, that a good mom always gets her kids out the door for school. And that's not necessarily true at all. Right? Yes.
0: Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we don't, we don't, the, <laughs> we can have, there are many, many different ways to connect with our kids. It doesn't always have to be that one thing. So, yes. so you talk about, you. you know, you say, okay, we, we don't want to, you know, we have, we have choices. Life doesn't have to be busy. We can think about what is most important and start to define those priorities. You know, so I want to kind of hear a little bit more about what you say about, you know, how, how we can kind of maybe define those priorities, but also then, well, I'm. I'm really hearing the listeners like screaming in my head. But what about all the little
1: things, right? Too. So I I know that question has to come. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, oh, I hear them too. I hear them as well, and I think that's why it was really important for me to address that idea. Because this idea of living a life that feels intentional, that's really mindful, that's really focused in on what's truly important, it sounds amazing. But how? How do you make this work? And so that's really what the book is about is how do you make it happen? It's not just like you, sh- you should be doing this. This would be great. It's like, how do we create that life for ourselves? So, you know, one of the things we dive into is this idea of clarity. How do we clarify our days so we are spending them on what matters most? How do we know what's truly important I think so often we confuse urgent and important. And anything that's urgent, anything that's pinging at us or screaming at us or is this urgent fire, we think we have to tackle it first. And a lot of times those things that are are urgent are not really important. And when we define what's truly important, those are really things that are connected to our North Star, what I like to call your North Star, which is your mission, your vision, your core values, that guiding light of where it is you want to go. They are linked to your goals. They are things that are essential that absolutely have to be done by you and nobody else can do them. They can't be delegated to somebody else. And they should be advantageous, things that are really an investment in you. The things that we do today cultivate and bear fruit in the future. And so when we take our time to really focus in on what's important, we're really able to create that life for ourselves in the future not just for today, but also in moving forward, that life we really want. And so we go through this whole talk about, you got to throw out the to-do list, which always makes people go, oh my gosh, but I love my to-do list. And so we we instead talk about creating a priority list, which is a to-do list with intention. It's having a to-do list that's very intentional and is focused in on the life you want, on what is truly important. And it takes the exact same amount of time as a to-do list. Mm Only you're you're being a little more mindful. You're really thinking through when you write something down. Is it you know one of the top tasks for the day, or what I call escalate? Is it important and also urgent, or is it a cultivate task? Is it a task that's important but doesn't really have a deadline? That's you know important to do, but not not really something that's screaming out at us. Or is it, which is most of our to-do list? Is it something that's in that category I call accommodate, which are things that are urgent. They're screaming at us to get done. They're not really They're not really important. They're not really driving us towards that life we want. And when we create a list for ourselves that starts with our top priorities and works the way down, we begin to see that, wow, you know what? Even if I'm doing fewer things, even if I'm doing five things instead of 50, because these five things are important, because they're driving me towards that life I want, I feel satisfied at the end of the day. I feel happy. I feel content because I'm actually doing things that fill my soul. And don't just fill my calendar. I think, I think. so often we're, we're so busy thinking about all the things we have to do instead of thinking, what do I want to do?
0: Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. We are supported by Care Of. It's a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term you can take a short online quiz and answer some questions about your diet, health goals and lifestyle and care of will make a recommended list of vitamins and supplements specifically for your health needs and goals. I immediately felt connected to them because as I did this online quiz, care of, looked at where I was living and what needs I would have as far as sunlight and vitamin D and things like that. And they recommended some of the things that I had already identified as things that I need. You know, the vitamin aisle can be really confusing. It's hard to know what you need, and where to start. It can be really overwhelming. And so you answer on this quiz these easy questions like, how much sleep did you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow any specialty diets? Are you concerned about your hair, skin, and nail health, and more? And then you follow Care Of's expert recommendations or adjust your pack at any time. What you receive is totally up to you. I love opening up my own little personalized packet every day. It says my name on it, Hunter, and I know exactly what to take. I know exactly what I still need to take if I only took part of it in the morning. I don't forget. It's all very easy, so I'm not forgetting anymore. It really makes it so that 2020 can be the year that me and you, we both prioritize our our commitment to stay on top of our health for 50% off of your first care of order. You can go to takecareof.com and enter the code Hunter 50 for 50% off half off your first order going, you go to takecareof.com and enter the code Hunter 50. I think I, I completely agree with you actually like, uh, like, this, I'm going to, I'll describe this for you, listener, because you can't see, but th- this is my to-do list. It's th- this little book. And on on each page, it's like a book that's like three and a half inches long. But it, I say, these are the things I will do today. And there's like four things on it. And then on the other side, I say, I will let the universe handle the other things. I love that. I <laughs> so love these that. are just kind of keeping the big intentions in mind. But when I am forced to use a, t- I mean, I have like a calendar, but when I am forced to do a tiny book with just has room for mm-hmm. like four things in it, it's, it, it's so much more yeah. effective to me. I mean, it, uh, to be honest, like it may take me three weeks to cash those or to deposit those checks that people, you know, gave me from buying the book in the live event. But I, I it's not as important you know what I mean like so is that right. is that kind of what happens mm-hmm. like the important things get done and then the like you talk about the marble jar right like we put the big things in first like kind of that idea of a, a jar we put the big things in first and then the smaller pebbles and then the, the little bitty pebbles and is that this idea that um the little things this, this, this sometimes they they get how do they get done how about those little things yeah well, it's this whole idea. Because I know how it happens in my
1: life and is that they sometimes don't <laughs> yeah. always get done. I'm just, just want to be perfectly honest with you. Sorry, mm-hmm. starting. Well, and, no, it's okay. <laughs> and truly, if they're not important, does it really matter if they get yeah. done? So that's another way of looking at it. But it's this idea too of, you know, take 50 steps in 50 different directions. Check 50 things off your list. Where are you going to end up? Maybe in the same spot, maybe further behind than when you started even. Mm-hmm. But if you instead choose to make five steps in one forward direction, where are you going to end up? Closer to where you want to go. It's not about the quantity, it is the quality that wins hands down every time. So, tackling fewer things that are important are going to get you to that life you want. They're going to get you that relationship you want with your family. It's going to get you to a point where you feel happier. And the other things, you can kind of let go. Now, here's the truth. Let's be honest. There are still things that have to happen. Laundry still has to happen. The yard needs to be fertilized. You got to change the air filters. You got all that fun, glamorous stuff that has to happen in the background. So that's what the entire third section of the book is about is this idea of simplicity. How do we create systems? How do we create habits and routines and automations so that these things can happen automatically? Because here's what happens is, you know, we don't do laundry for, you know, two weeks or something happens and suddenly it's this urgent fire and then nothing can get done because laundry has to happen. I can guarantee you right now, Laundry is not your most important task, (laughs) but it has to happen. It still has to have its time, right? Because we like clean clothes. We like our children to leave the house looking clean. And so, you know, it's this idea of can you automate it? What are things that you can create so you can take the thinking out of it? Instead of you worrying about laundry, can we set up a day so that laundry happens automatically? And we walk through laundry in particular because I know. Laundry is like the bane of every mother's existence. It's like I don't know how it's possible my kids have three mountains worth of clothes <laughs> every week, but they do. And so it's this idea of, first of all, let's automate it. Let's make it so it happens automatically on a regular day of the week, and then let's bring our team in. Let's delegate and have our team, which is what I call my family – We work together. So how can we get my team involved? Well, part of that, first of all, is by having a set day. So on Tuesdays, when we get up and I say, hey, it's Tuesday, everybody in my house knows what that means. They know it means laundry day, which means my kids knew when they were really little, like I'm talking two or three years old, they would start bringing their laundry hampers out, right? And they would bring their laundry hampers out. And that was what they needed to do for Tuesday for laundry day. And then as I got older, and I would say, it's Tuesday, it's laundry day, they would bring their hampers down, and they would start sorting their laundry. Now, could I have sorted their laundry faster? Um, Yeah, absolutely. But if you remember, when we talked about the things that are important, I talked about this idea of the investment, right? Investing in yourself so it bears fruit in the future. What I was doing there is investing in my kids, getting them, first of all, to be these independent children who can do laundry on their own one day when they, they fly my nest. But I also was investing in them taking over this chore eventually. So they, they would sort the laundry. And then as they got a little older, they would bring their hampers down. They would sort the laundry then they put it in the, in, the wa- in the washing machine. And now, you know who does laundry at my house? Not me. My kids do. They have automatic days that they're in charge of their own laundry. They do their own laundry. It happens. And so now laundry is definitely not an urgent fire at my house because I don't even deal with it anymore. My daughter does the house laundry. She does her laundry. My son does his laundry. Everybody does their own laundry. And it no longer becomes this stress because I was slowly investing in them. And because I made it this automation where everybody knew it was happening, I didn't have to re-explain every week. I didn't have to argue. I didn't have to fuss. This is just what we do. And so it's this idea of how do we make these habits, how do we create these routines so that these things can happen, so that we can delegate easier to our team, so that things don't have to be thought of quite so much. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend 10 seconds longer thinking about laundry than I have to.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom.
0: Oh, I'm so with you. I think I taught my daughters to do laundry when they were like seven or eight. I just mm-hmm. said, put it all in and put it on cold. Don't, don't. And, <laughs> and I don't think they've, you know, they're, one is into folding. One is just into shove it all into the drawers. And you know what? I don't care. Let it
1: go. Let it go. Like I have
0: bigger things to fish to fry in my life. Like this is not Mm -hmm. that important to me. I don't have to do this thing perfectly. And I haven't done my kids laundry and I've never done my husband's laundry. He's a grown man. He could do his own laundry. He could do his own laundry hamper.
1: That was never in my cards. Yeah. I mean, the world will continue to spin if you are not doing everything. I think so often we feel like we have to do everything and you don't you got to walk away from that. A good mom does all the chores. Her good mom makes sure everything is running smoothly. Your team can help with that. Your team is more than happy to step up to the plate, but you have to relinquish that perfectionism. You have to relinquish that control of well, the shirts have to be folded a certain way or they have to be hung a certain way, like you said. One daughter likes to fold the other one likes to shove. Both work and i'm and, and i'm I'm happy with that right mm-hmm. that's how that 's how the thing is you have to let go of that. Um, because really I don't want to spend my life doing laundry. I want to spend my life focused in on the things that matter most, which for me is, is my kids spending time with them. That's high quality, you know, that's really, really focused in on them and being present. Mm, I, I
0: love this. So, so it's, we're creating those priorities. We're figuring out like how we're contributing to the world, what, and I also appreciate that you brought in, the work of, I forget the name of the nurse who did the five regrets of the dying.
1: Oh, Bronnie Ware. Yes. Bronnie
0: Ware. Yeah. And, and she taught and her, the, her, the number one regret that you, you have in here somewhere that I can't find, but is that I wish I would lived a life that was true to me. Right. Yeah. And it's that like, I would allow
1: myself to be happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing is we undervalue happiness. We, we think it's, it's silly or it's, you know, Oh, happiness really happiness is what we're all looking for. No matter what goal you're setting, no matter what life you're looking for, I can guarantee you it's steeped in happiness. Whether that's crossing a finish line for a marathon to feel happy crossing that finish line, or whether it's starting your business so that you can be happy not having a boss, or whether it's, you know, Losing 15 pounds so you can feel confident on the beach. That's about being happy. Every, everything we're doing is really about being happy. And so by creating our life for ourselves, that's more mindful, that's more intentional, that's really focused in on what matters most, that allows you to grab that happiness. That's the joy that's already there. It's already there in our everyday life. We just have so much clutter and noise, so much busyness that we sometimes don't see it. And so we have to choose to miss out on those obligations that we're saying yes to out of guilt. We have to choose to say no, that we're not going to do all the things because all the things means we're not doing really anything our best. We have to choose to miss out on those so that we can find the joy because I can promise you right now, there is happiness and joy in your life just as it is today. And it's up to us to go grab it.
0: Yeah. And, and to recognize it. So then you, when that question says, what did you do today? There's, you know, kind of what you're speaking to is like, you're, you're looking to, you're speaking to the sort of, this um, sort of storytelling self, right? Like when we look back upon our lives and we tell the story of who we are, are we, are we happy with that story? You know? And so you, you talk about that um, you know, that how, as we create priorities, we start to say, "What did you do today?" and we do something that is meaningful to us that is creating this story that is is meaning is meaningful and is lasting for us, but you also and I appreciate this too, you know you have a lot of outer strategy, right? Like, you got some mm-hmm. systems, which I respect, because I'm not a stupid person, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and simplicity, and routines, and and I really appreciate all those things, but you also, I appreciated the way you talked about the the inner work, and you talk a little bit about the inner critic, right? Because if mm-hmm. if we are, you know, if we've done all these, we can do all these outer things, and then that voice in our head can be kind of, really mean we talk about awesome. that this here on the mindful mama podcast but i would love to hear from your point of view how do you deal how do you deal with that inner critic with that voice that says you know just because of how you're raised or whatever that says oh i'm you're selfish for for just yes. even letting your kids get to school on their own in the morning mm-hmm. going to yoga
1: Right. I think that's so true. I think that that inner critic says things to us that we would never say to our our, our best friend or, or even our worst enemy, you know, if we have a worst enemy. But I mean, we just would never say them out loud to anybody else. But we don't think twice about beating ourselves up. And so often that guilt just seeps into everything. And we don't feel like we have a right to our own happiness. We don't feel like we have a right to take care of ourselves because that is selfish. And it's, you know, and so we feel terrible with it. But I like to tell people we cannot shine our light on other people if our batteries need recharging. If we are not taking care of ourselves fully, if we're not making ourselves our very best selves, our happiest selves, how can we give our very best version to anybody else? You have to take care of you so you can take care of everybody else. And that's the truth. When we are at our best, when we are happiest, when we are content and satisfied, doesn't that bleed into every area of our life? Doesn't that doesn't that affect how we are with our children? I find that when I'm happier, oh, man, I'm so much more patient. (laughs) I'm the mom I want to be when I'm happier. I'm, you know, I'm not as grumpy. I'm able to really be fully present with them because I feel that my cup is full. And so I think if we reframe it and stop looking at it as this is something that's really selfish, it's really an opportunity to be selfless, to give more of the best version of you to everybody else. When you take care of you, you can Can take care of others. If you don't take care of you, you cannot take care of anybody else. How can you give anybody else happiness and joy if you're not cultivating that in your own life? How can you give anyone else compassion if you're not giving that first to yourself? We need to be a little kinder to ourselves, and then we'll find that we are kinder to everyone, strangers on the street, not just our family, but everybody in our world
0: absolutely it's true you 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 cannot give what you do not have and yeah, yeah. i i like to say that our self-care you know like it's not it's like you like you say it's an opportunity to be selfless which i love that i i say it's like it's our responsibility like yes it's not it's no one else's job it's your responsibility to to be doing these things like it's not it's not your kid's job to uh make you feel fulfilled in life that's just not their job Mm -hmm. they they they're living their own lives it's not your partner's job to make you happy every minute um Ultimately that
1: falls to you. Right. And the choices that you're making, whether you're happy or not. And so I think that that's, that's really important to recognize that it is, that is your responsibility to take care of you. All right. And so everybody else can take care of them. Right. And, yes. and it's just, it really does. I, I notice the difference in myself when I'm really, when I feel like my cup is full, I am so much more willing to give too. Mm-hmm. Because I have, I have an, I have an overflowing of happiness, or an overflowing of contentment, or satisfaction. I'm able to give it away, you know, just like it's, you know, m- like money. I'm giving away. Like I'm, I'm flush with it. When you, when you have that in your life and you're surrounded by it, it's so much easier to give. Yes,
0: yes, yes, absolutely. I, we can't, I can't have enough guests say this enough, dear listener. So I hope you hear it from Tanya. Um, <laughs> So what are some things, you know, you've worked with a lot of people on this and I'm wondering about as we start to move towards this, like not balanced but like priority leaning into priorities kind of life um what are the where are some of the places you see people some of the problem areas where are people where are some of the places people need to uh say no no to more and what mm-hmm. are the i also want to know like what are some of the places we need to say yes to more because yes I'm, there's kind of both of those, Yeah. Right?
1: It, it's not just about saying no. Like, I feel like we see that message all the time. You need to say no more. You need to say no more. It's not about saying no. It's about finding your yes. The yeses that are really right for you, that are fulfilling to you. And so we actually have a blueprint in the book called the Finding Your Yes Blueprint Because truly, your yeses are unique to you. The things that are going to be fulfilling to you, the things that are really going to light you up and get you excited are different for you than maybe they are for your best friend or your neighbor or your mother or anybody else or your (laughs) mother-in-law or any of those people. And so one of the things that I like to tell people is when you go through the blueprint, what you'll notice is I don't ask the question of, do you have the time until like, I don't know, three or four questions in. I think so often we think if I have the time, it needs to be a yes. And that's not necessarily true. Just because you have the time doesn't mean you have to take it on. Hmm. Let's ask ourselves, first of all, why do I want to do this? You know, I find that, you know, really having a printout and writing it down. So I have it as a download that comes with the book, writing it down. There are times where I will write things like, oh, because I feel guilty without thinking about it. I'm like, oh, this is a no, right? If you're saying that you're wanting to do it because you're supposed to, because you should, that's a no. So why do you want to take it on? And then ask yourself, does this really align with my North Star, my mission, my vision, my core values, where it is I want to go in life? And then we can start talking about whether you have the time. You know, it's not about whether you have the time. It's does this really fulfill me? Is this going to feel good? I want this to be an absolutely yes rather than a, uh, I guess. Right. That's Mm -hmm. what we want. And I think this is the thing is people are always like, well, you know, what should I say yes to? They want like a list. What Mm -hmm. I should say say yes to and what's a time waster and what's a no. I like to tell people, especially when it comes to things like like time wasters or things you want to say no. You know, do you want to say no to? It's this question of how do you feel afterwards? Because a time waster is not the same for everybody. Right. The things we want to say no to is not the same for everybody everybody. How do you feel afterwards? Do you feel good? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel content afterwards? If so, it's not a time waster. It's, it's not a waste of your time at all. It's actually a chance for you to recharge. And so really kind of paying attention to how do I feel? How does this, you know, fit with my day and how I want to live my life? That those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves about whether it's a yes or it's a no. We have to stop saying yes because we feel like we should be doing it or, you know what, I'm really good friends with this woman. I don't want her to feel let down. And so I'm going to say yes, but then it's a grumbly yes. It's a, oh, yes. And then when we're giving ourselves to whatever this cause is or this project, we're not really giving our best selves. We're not really giving the very best version of ourselves because we're resentful and we're irritated let's say yes to things that feel fulfilling. Let's say yes to things that make us feel like our soul is on fire. Those are your yeses. I love it.
0: I love it. And I, and I imagine for so, a lot of us, some of the, some of those things, I guess, I guess what I was kind of thinking about is like categories, right? Like we tend mm-hmm. to think, I think that a lot of moms tend to, you know, we, we forget to spend time with our friends or, you know, our social connections, that kind of thing. Like Um, like maybe starting to open ourselves to more yeses there or I don't know. But I like what what
1: you're saying about this. Um, Yeah, because I think we think self-care is like mud masks and manicures. And self-care is anything that nourishes your soul. And that can be relationships with other people, with your friends. It can be reading a book. It can be spending time bettering yourself. There's a thousand ways that we can take care of ourselves that's not, you know, just going to a spa. Or soaking in the tub. I mean, there's nothing wrong with soaking in the tub. I love a good <laughs> tub soak, but that's not necessarily, you know, your definition of self-care. So figure out what feels good to you and then do those things. Mm, I love this. All right.
0: Well, this is so cool. Um, so we we wanna decide that we, you know, we have choices.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, we
0: wanna remember that life we doesn't do. have to be busy, that we can we can decide and and thinking about we wanna decide what's most important for us and actually take the time, take a, to invest some time to prioritizing, figuring out what your priorities are. And then as we kind of move, move through this, then, you know, and then also remembering that we, we deserve this. We deserve to be happy and, and investing in some,
1: some systems to simplify. Um, yes. We forget that life is meant to be enjoyed, not just endured. Sometimes we think that we're just, doing the doing the motions of life. Let's enjoy every minute. Let's be mindful. Let's soak it up and stop worrying about managing our time and instead savor the moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we can we can absolutely do that every day as we yes. create more space as we create more more leaning into what are our priori- priorities you know and for most of us is is some of that that's maybe being able to connect with our families in such a way so that your brain isn't like oh i have to do this and i have to do this and i have to do this but actually be actually being present with them and actually being there um, which is which is what we want so this is so beautiful um, tanya the dalton the book is the joy of missing out so were you, I didn't even ask you, are you recovering like oh too much, too busy
1: too all the time kind of person? Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm a, I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? Yes. And so it's one of those things where it wants to keep creeping back into my life and you have to be really mindful and recognize when that's happening and to walk away from it and realize, okay, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? So yeah, I've, I mean, this is the thing. I wrote this book because I've lived it. I've been there where we're spinning our, our our tail, you know, just driving ourselves crazy trying to do all the things. And so that's really what I wanted women to walk away from this book feeling like, you know. What? It's possible. I can do it. And here's
0: how. Yes, 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 we can do it. I love it. Um, Tanya, how can
1: people reach out to you if they want to find out more? Yeah, I would love that. Um, you can find me at TanyaDalton.com. So Tanya is with an O and a Y. You can find links to my podcast. I have a weekly podcast. You can find links to my book, which you can also get to at joyofmissingout.com. And you can find access to just about anywhere and everywhere that I am. I have videos. I also have products that I sell to help people be more productive. So yeah, tanyadalton.com is the best place to find me. Wonderful. Tanya, thank you for
0: doing this work, for recognizing your harmful perfectionist tendencies and working on them and helping other people work on them so that we can all be a little more relaxed, a little happier and doing good work in the world. I, I really appreciate that. And I think it's wonderful. So thank you. Thank you thank so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. I love her message about slowing down and hopefully maybe this is what we're doing, right? Maybe we can start to see the silver linings in what's happening. And I know that many people are suffering and if you're suffering, I'm not trying to minimize that. And I know this is a challenging time and so my heart goes out. Uh, But, um, you know, I hope that we can look and see right now around us today in this moment um, what is you know, what can we appreciate? What can we be grateful for? Let's find these things. And to support you during this time, I have a bunch of free resources over at mindfulmamamentor.com slash resources. And I will be opening up my Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Group, small group coaching, high level of working with me personally. If you are ready to move from just surviving to thriving. Um, you can learn more about that at mindfulmamamentor.com slash coaching. I hope you've gotten your copy of Raising Good Humans. People are loving it. It's a great, so many great resources in there for this time. Um, it will certainly help you, I promise. And, uh, and then there's some free resources around that too um, online. So there's st- things out there. I know there's probably so much. So don't get overwhelmed. Take it easy. Just look around you. See, you know, what you see. See your room. See the outside. Notice the beauty. Notice what you can appreciate. And know that you're not alone. Uh, And I'm wishing you a beautiful week with moments of peace and joy and gratitude and appreciation. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. I'll be back in your ears next week. Namaste.